Jones, Maya Jones, Yagazao. Please identify yourself at gate C30. That's what it sounded like in Toronto when El Al flew its last direct flight from Canada to Tel Aviv. And I was at Toronto's Pearson International Airport to see it happen. I thought it was important that we mark the milestone on Thursday since we've been covering the story all summer once El Al decided to shutter its historic direct service to Toronto after nearly 40 years. El Al did have direct flights from Montreal, but that ended years ago. People flew on El Al for many reasons, mainly because it's the flag carrier of Israel and the national airline of the Jewish state. During the pandemic, though, an American Jewish businessman and his family moved to Israel and bought a controlling interest in El Al. There was a massive government bailout and El Al got back in the air, but not without chopping some long-standing routes and opening others. In June, as we've reported, the airline quietly moved to cut direct flights to Toronto plus Brussels and Warsaw, effective October the 27th. El Al never did properly explain to us or the Jewish community why Canada is no longer considered a good market, even though before the pandemic, 100,000 passengers flew to Israel from here, and not just Jews, but also Christian pilgrims. Come along now as I take you with me from the check-in in Terminal 3 right up to the departure gate. Since the, they came out the news, every single passenger, and I'm not exaggerating, either came crying or were sad and said protesting that this is not right. This is not right. I'm Ellen Bessner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Tuesday, November the 1st, 2022. Welcome to the CJN Daily, a podcast of the Canadian Jewish News, sponsored by Metropia. got to the terminal three hours before takeoff, and at first glance, you couldn't really tell that it was anything other than a normal trip. But then I met Fagi Oppenheimer, who, with her husband, Rabbi Yehuda, leads Toronto's Yavne Zion Synagogue. She hadn't been back in Israel for 21 years. She knew this was the last El Al direct flight. And it was even more symbolic because, as a young grandmother, she wasn't flying alone. She was escorting her daughter, Elisheva, back to her home in Jerusalem, carrying her brand-new two-week-old baby daughter in tow. You're going to Israel. This is the first time in 21 years that you're actually setting foot in Israel. That is true. And you're on the last flight from Canada. That's correct. How, how does this make you feel? It's, 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 it definitely feels like a homecoming, a long, long, long-awaited homecoming. I'm excited to be coming in on an El Al Jewish flight. And um, it's just, I'm, I can't wait to be there. Can't wait to get there. Except that this is the last time El Al is flying direct from Canada. No, I'm trying not to think about that. It's very bittersweet because I don't like I don't really like stopovers, so I don't know if I'll be continuing unless I'm flying from somewhere else. You never know where you might move to, but um, I, I'm very I'm sad that El Al is discontinuing their their nonstop flights. I, I enjoyed El Al every time I flew that with El Al. I really enjoyed myself. I, I found them to be. It was, they had great customer service, they had amazing stewardesses, great. I didn't have any bad experiences. I'm just, you know, I guess it was an executive decision that I had nothing to do with. And as far as people like, have you heard your people in your congregation or people that you know, are they, did they realize that this is the last flight? And what did I they say by, when they heard? I think by the time everybody realized it was really just too late to do anything. So everyone was just, you know, same sentiments, you know, like, what a shame, you know, chaval. And so now you're going with your daughter, your new granddaughter, right. and uh, you're going to visit for a while. And how are you coming back? 
I'm actually, I am taking an LL with the stopover because it will be, you know, it's too late by the time next week rolls around. I am doing a stopover in New York, um, a short stopover, but um, I just really wanted to fly that last LL flight out, so I'm, I'm doing the round trip with LL. Well, showing support too, right? It looks like there was a lot of people look full. I don't yeah, know. yeah, it did, it did. On this flight, I saw a well-dressed Russian couple check in with their two small dogs who they were wheeling around in a dog stroller. There was an Israeli-Canadian couple who've lived in Toronto for over 30 years. They were flying back to vote in this week's elections. And then I met Daniel Goldstein from Toronto. He and his wife just immigrated to Israel this summer, but he came back to Canada for a week to help out in the family vinyl window business. So I've been in Israel for a few months now, for three months, came back for work. Um, but yeah, you know, when we heard that it was the last flight, it was kind of, not that we, we knew it was happening. And we heard a couple of months ago that it was in the works, but, you know, it's very sad to hear that our, our home airline won't even fly direct. And it's one of the major hubs for Jews, like, talking Canada. Like, this is, it's not just Toronto. Like, there's, there's a lot going on here. And it's just very, very sad to, uh, for, this to, for this to happen to us. So uh, you're here for you came for work by yourself, or yeah. you? Ha- yeah. So I came in for the week. My family's still there, so get to go back now to them. Miss that. Made Aliyah. Where did yeah. you Where did you make Aliyah from? Uh, we moved from here, from Toronto. We're living in Modi now. Uh, so my wife and four kids are back there. Uh, beautiful community there. It's very nice. Modi, yeah. yeah. It's very nice. Uh, Lots of beautiful. Uh, there's a, there's a lot. It's the middle of New York, New Jersey, essentially. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's a nice soft landing place. Uh, it's good for the family. It's good for the kids. They can they make friends easily there. So it's we're very happy so far. And did you get any swag or anything like they give? It? Uh, well, oh, okay. That's great. Check the bag of 23 kilos for little goodies. So a uh, little bit of swag from back home. A little bit of cheese for the kids. Hey. And you always fly LL? Uh, I try to. If it's available, then yes. I mean, I don't mind stopping in New York to fly LL, but if the, if the day doesn't work, then yeah, I'll fly. Last time I flew to Canada, but majority of times it's LL. And so today's a very nostalgic day. Are you doing anything to like market or I don't know? Nah, I was wondering whether there's something on the plane, but yeah, you never know. Um, could just go quietly down into the night, but yeah. LL's local staff at Pearson were handing out souvenir water bottles and passport holders, while the security team asked people the usual questions like which synagogue they belong to. Now these 30 workers will lose their jobs over the next few weeks. Agent Giovanna Serrao has brought candies and chocolates with her to hand them out on her final shift. She's worked at El Al for 23 years and greeted many a celebrity passenger, including former president Shimon Peres. It's one of the really bittersweet and sad days, yes. For me, extremely sad. So because for me, it wasn't like coming to work. It was like coming to see my family and all the passengers because they were frequent. In 23 years, I knew them by name. I've been through, like, I've seen marriages. I've seen births. I've seen, unfortunately, sad people that have been lost. So are you wearing anything special today because it's the last day or doing anything special? Well, the special, unfortunately, I didn't want to even believe that it came, came to this day, right? I sort of like not thought thought about it too much, and to me, it's too sad like to to think that it's actually coming to this day. I don't like in denial. Denial, exactly. Denial. So after this, your that's your last day of work, or you have a few no? Days? I have I have other, but it's not the same thing. Like I said, LL was a class of its own. It was in a league of its own. The customer service here 
unmatchable. And like the, you can't match it with anybody. But where do they? So you're going to work for another airline? Yeah. Now yes. Yes. This was where you spent. This was my main. This when I first started was for LL. Who's the most famous person you've dealt with? Well, yeah. There's been uh, uh, basketball players from um, famous from uh, Maccabi that we used to have because we used to have Los Angeles. Uh, we used to have all the people from Hollywood, Los Angeles. Um, we had singers, we had uh, always from LL, and um, actors, we've had, um, to me, the most famous person that, that meant a lot to me that's still in my heart is Mrs. Julia Kuczynski. There was a letter of yours? That I was wrote her the condolences, and it, it was touching that I heard that they read it at her funeral. So why did LL decide to cancel the tour? That's a, the million-dollar question. I personally think it's the CEO's decision which... I don't know if it was right for I, I personally, by hearing thousands of passengers that come by, the worst decision they could have made. Closest somewhere else, but not in Canada. There's no allow. Like it makes no sense. All of Canada transiting, it makes no sense. So they hand they handed Air Canada on a golden platter here, make money because that's what they're doing now. Yeah, they just said here you get rich and and we decide to close down. I'm optimistic. And I truly, because I'm a person who's very optimistic, that they'll come back. Because with all the people writing and complaining and protesting, it's going to come to their, they're going to come to their senses. I think they're going to come back. With the check-ins all done, El Al printed a boarding pass for me so I could get through security. And when I arrived at the departure lounge, you could see the Boeing 787 Dreamliner at the gate. The plane's name was Hod Hasharon. They weren't taking off for another hour or so as security made final checks of the passenger list and the police dog and the handler walked around sniffing carry-on bags. And then one passenger, who was probably a rabbi, quietly was tapping men and boys on their shoulders and made it known he was going to hold afternoon prayer services in the corner of the lounge. More than a dozen men eventually joined him for Mincha. Soon, the pilots and flight attendants made their way up to the gate to get on board first, and the passengers broke out in spontaneous applause and started filming everyone. Captain Noam Lowenstein and his co-pilot Asaf Porat purposely chose to fly this final direct trip from Toronto. I used to fly here a lot for six years now. I mean, and I choose to, I I asked to fly because of, uh, you know, I have uh, nice memories from, from, from Toronto. It's also a bittersweet day, though, because I don't know if Israelis know, but in Canada, everybody's sad about it. Yeah, we also, we, we try to approach the management and ask for, you know, to, to reconsider. But we are not the uh, ones who uh, make the decisions. But I hope uh, it's going to reopen, you know, in summer or maybe holidays uh, next year. Are you going to make an announcement or something special? Have you planned a little speech? Yeah, of course. We're gonna we talk to, to to the passengers and to the air traffic, and uh, yeah, it's a sad day. We, the, also, yesterday it was the last flight from Brussels and Warsaw. Yeah. Now the three cities were all announced, but they weren't even announced. It was just done. Well, I hope you guys uh, will uh, help us to reopen the the route. Uh, did you do anything about it? We did. We we covered it right from the beginning, and so you said you've been doing this route six years. I've been doing it for, for, for many years, but uh, for six years I used to live in, in New York, so I used to fly 
many times from 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 Toronto on those years. So I have a good uh, relations with uh, all the people here. I have a lot of memories for about the winter here. One of the things that they said uh, when we were doing the stories in the summer was that because of the pilots. Uh, no offense, but because the pilots were having, you know, uh, negotiations for higher pay, that that may have been one of the reasons that LL was like saying cutting Toronto no, and no. saving money. You know, and then you got a contract. But so, did you know if that's anything to do with it? No, I'm sure it's not nothing to do with it. They, I, I, well, they didn't have enough aircraft to do all the routes, and they uh, thought, I think, that New York is a. Uh, it's a better uh, choice. New York, Atlanta, Tokyo. Yeah. But meanwhile, all these people, they won't have to have to go via Air Canada yeah, now. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Did you want to add something? Sorry, you're very sad. We're also sad, but we hope to get back here. It's a nice destination. We're really sad to live here. We hope to get back soon, hopefully. You know, uh, people said that because it was such a big shutdown in Canada for COVID, lockdown for like almost two years, that was part of the reason that they didn't have enough load. What do you hear about this? That Air was one of the reasons. Air Canada, I think they got uh, lots of support from the government and they used to fly like empty aircraft to, to, to Tel Aviv, but they uh, kept on flying to Tel Aviv and, and passengers switched to, to Air Canada. But... Uh, um, just before COVID, it was supposed to be five flights uh, a week. Yeah, so we are we are on the same uh, same side. We uh, the pilots really love Toronto. Really love the people here. You know, if the LL does this again, people are going to be so mad. I mean, they'll go back, but maybe it'll take too long. A lot of people said they're going to lose Toronto if they don't smarten up. You know, I don't know if you heard that from people, but no. you always need to work harder to get back something that you gave up. So uh, we we sure we, if LL finds that this is a good destination to return to. I'm sure they'll work hard, winning you back as, as it should, being the uh, Jewish uh, airline. El Al's last flight, LY30, didn't leave on time. It was about an hour late taking off. And although I did have a real boarding pass with a real seat, I didn't actually go to Israel with them, although I would have loved to hear the pilot's speech after they took off. But they wouldn't have let me on anyway because I didn't have my passport. So for now, direct flights to Israel are only with Air Canada. They've been flying daily out of Toronto for months now. And you might have noticed that Air Canada is looking to hire a lot of new flight attendants. Interestingly, their ad says that they're especially looking for people who speak English and French and Hebrew. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. Today's listener shout-out goes to Helen Lepic of Toronto. And we'll end with a disturbing anti-Israel incident that happened at McGill University a few days ago, involving Canadian philanthropist Charles Bronfman. Bronfman was on stage being introduced by the new Dean of Arts because he's donating $5 million to help fund a new program. It's going to be called Conversations, and McGill's Institute for the Study of Canada is going to put these on beginning next year. But before Bronfman could speak, a protester began yelling from the audience, accusing Bronfman and his family of helping Israel carry out ethnic cleansing of Palestinians in 1948 and criticizing Bronfman's support for birthright trips, among other things. And he demanded Bronfman make a historic apology to Palestinians. It took a few seconds till the organizers moved in to escort the protester out. Officials say the protester was not a McGill student. Here's what the exchange sounded like. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Dean. My pleasure. Great to be here. Great to see all these nice, shining faces. 
Uh, we're discussing immigration, is it? <laughs> we're not. Oh, no, they did that. They did <laughs> they, a great they're, job, they're, too. They're doing that, I yes. I must admit. So um, let's... Uh, uh, Mr. your family has a long history of supporting oh. anti-Palestinian and pro-apartheid positions. You instigated birthright to send North Americans to Israel, to Palestine. Your family sent weapons to the Zionist forces in 1948 to ethnically cleanse Palestinians. At this late stage in life, do you want to apologize to Palestinians? You want to I'm apologize what you've done to Palestinians? I think you should leave, sir. You want to apologize? I do Excuse not me, want to discuss sir, the subject can you please, with you uh, or anyone else. Can you please leave the space? It's not what we're here to discuss today. Is Human Rights Watch wrong to say Israel is committing the crime of apartheid? Is Israel, is Amnesty and Human Rights Watch wrong, wrong to say you You see, life can be beautiful. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes some hothead comes into a room and tries to disrupt things. But we were saying... So what I wanted to first talk about was... Mm -hmm.